In today's episode, HoneyBook's educator program is a massive influencer affiliate success that can make any company jealous. Martha Bittar spills the beans on this process and how it came to be. You're listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Kahn and Roy Provarchik, and today we have a special guest, Martha Bittar. Martha Bittar is the Director of Business Development at HoneyBook. That sounds pro. <laughs> What's up? Hey. <laughs> so pro. How are y'all doing? All great. Good. How are you doing, doing Martha? Doing great. Doing great. Excited to be talking to you. So can we start off by, we, we know HoneyBook. Mm-hmm. You know, some people might even be slightly invested in HoneyBook. Wait, wait, no, wait, <laughs> no. Before you go straight into the company, invest in the person. I, I, as I, much as you okay, were okay. very emotional in depth with your presentation, <laughs> right? Listen, it sounded very pro. I want to know exactly what's going on. All right, fine. All right, go. Please, Roy, take over. Well, hello. Well, hello. Martha, before we jump in and go and talk about HoneyBook and the amazing stuff the company does, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do in HoneyBook. Yes, of course. So in business development, I work with uh, other companies to put together partnerships that help our growth. Um, And this is anything from a product integration to a co-marketing partnership to um, influencer marketing, right, which is what we'll be talking about today. Um, So anything Mm -hmm. that pertains to to growing the company, right? Um, And then every now and then there's chatting with uh, people who are interested in getting involved in HoneyBook uh, in a different way, like maybe investing in HoneyBook or maybe joining the company. So, um, yeah, that's that's a bit of it. But mostly partnerships and, and growth. Uh-huh. Is your uh, are you defined as part of the growth team or BizDev on its own? Uh, that's a great question. So BizDev on its own and growth. The way we have it at HoneyBook is very product focused. So it's what are some of the optimizations that mm-hmm. we can do in the product that can increase, say, conversion or adopted, uh, adoption or retention. Um, business development, we see it as more of human relationships, right? So uh, h- how do we work with uh, some of our large partners and what are what is the relationship that we have with them? Um, also with influencers and educators that are sharing HoneyBook and teaching others how to use it. Amazing. Okay, got it. Um, what is HoneyBook? Can yeah, I say that now? Yeah, yeah okay. now you can ask. <laughs> so if, what is HoneyBook? If, if you've been living under a stone and you don't know what HoneyBook is. Besides sounding really delicious. It, Besides sounding really it delicious. Is. So we make books uh, that are made out of honey. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's business oh, management. <laughs> so we do business management for small business owners. And that involves anything that a small business owner needs to book their dream client. So invoices, payments, contracts. Uh, business management, time tracking, things like that. And the reason uh, we're focused on small business owners is because we've seen this change that uh, more and more people want to start their own business and be their own boss instead of working at a corporation for years and years and years. So we're empowering this new wave of workforce. As you said that, Roy and I both had one tear roll down our cheek because we're we're also part of those... Those I don't want to work in a corporation for the rest of my yes. life. <laughs> kind of people. Millennials. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, I, th- I, I think I think the most common questions I see about HoneyBook in online discussions, mm-hmm. at least from like our side, because like uh, uh, just just to disclose this, uh, um, so Yona, your head of yes. growth, 
So she, she's like a part of our, we have a community called Growth Impact, uh, where we have top of like crazy top performers from amazing tech companies and basically marketers and growth hackers. So uh, she's a part of that community, which is very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time she mentions HoneyBook in Israel, half the comments are basically about, yes, but we just really want to use it. When are you opening in Israel? And they, said, and they were like, we're in the U.S. Ah, we just really want to mm-hmm. use it uh, because it is a very good product and it has a lot of passion to it. Like a lot of people really love your product, which is very interesting uh, yeah, that's in that space. One of our biggest wins. Like our, our members are obsessed with the product and they, yeah, that's, that's, Totally. That's how we started going viral early on. It also has a lot to do with what you're doing. Yes. So basically you have uh, the educators referral program. Is that, am I correct with how I'm uh, calling this yeah, project? Yeah, so let me give you a bit of an overview of the program. So it is for all intents and purposes an affiliate program where influencers mm-hmm. share HoneyBook and when a new member joins, they get a commission, right? Um we wanted to do it a bit differently because a, a traditional affiliate program is very transactional, right? Um, someone shares, they make money, that's it. Um, we wanted to make sure that the people that were sharing HoneyBook were actually very invested in HoneyBook and really believed in it. And the reason is, one, that's just the way we do things around here. And two, our audience is increasingly ad savvy. They're like the people that we're targeting are the first digitally native generation. So they grew up with ads in Instagram and Facebook and and they, they just know when something's an ad, right? So our philosophy is let's find people who would actually love to use HoneyBook and have the influence and are teaching others how to build a better business because um, those three characteristics make our deal influencer um, that make the share very organic and they have the highest conversion. So that's, that's what we're doing. I like that because it's basically focused on authenticity. Exactly. Which is like... That's like the that's the most like the best word coming out right now. Everyone's talking about authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. And you're basically saying these people are are used to seeing these celebrities, these influencers, and whatever to the point where we can already see the the ones that are less authentic. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a really cool idea. That's I really like that. Exactly right. A lot of people ask me about influencers, and I just turn around and go, "Well, I would stick with micro influencers because everyone else seems fake." Um, but yeah, sounds that sounds amazing. That's actually a really good strategy. So- I want to ask: um, Did it start? Did it start from looking for the authenticity, or did it start by doing like a regular affiliate, understanding it doesn't work as well as you'd expected, and iterating? Mm-hmm. You're saying, how did they get to the conclusion? Yeah, because like, I think a lot of people when they do either affiliate or influencer marketing, mm-hmm. either of the two, so they usually start with kind of the spray and pray method, which is like affiliates. We're trying to hook up to like the best affiliate networks, people like trying to push the link as much as possible. And then usually what they see, by the way, is that they get crappy traffic with crappy conversions, like uh, usually really low lifetime value. The brand doesn't pick up because regular affiliate marketing usually doesn't help the brand very much because like it's almost the people who do it are almost agnostic to brands or just doing it for the money. Transactional. Is that that why you guys use influencers? Like, is that that the reason why? So, yeah. So, actually, that's a good question. I I want to make sure that I answer um, that. So, we actually started the entire opposite way, right? We we had more of a grassroots approach. Mm -hmm. And then we tested transactional. So, so first, we we looked at our member base, right? Who is already using HoneyBook? Um, And then we, we looked at the super users. 
right? And then the, we imagine like we draw a circle. Um, I'm, I'm going to just make like a visual um, Venn diagram with three circles and like a star in the middle, right? So the first circle is who's already using HoneyBook and actually loves it, like who believes in it? The second circle is who has influence out of these people that are already using HoneyBook that they can share more than once, right? Because the problem is if they don't have um, an audience, then you you can talk about HoneyBook all the time. Yeah, it they stops. burn it out really quickly. Exactly. It stops yeah. yielding. So, and then once we had those two, um, we started working with them and we we're like, hey, like let's let's work with you. Let's optimize the way that you're sharing. Let's optimize conversion. And then only then we realized like some people are are converting very well and some people are not, right? So we were like, okay, well, we have two of our three circles at that point. Like what is what is like the trend? What is what is common with the people who are converting really well? And that is when we realized they are educators, right? And and here's why that's important. If you have someone who is using HoneyBook and loves HoneyBook and also has, let's just say like 10,000 followers, um, but they're not educating other businesses and other creatives, chances are people in their following are consumers. Consumers are not our target market, right? So let's just have a... a Wait, can I, can I ask that? Wait, I have to stop you for a second just to clear yeah. something out. When you say educators, you're talking about business owners teaching others how to build their exactly. business? teaching business owners okay. teaching other business owners. What do you, what do you think it was, possibly? No, no, no because like, I'm thinking like if, if, if I'm a photographer... Mm-hmm. If I'm a photographer, for example, and I'm just like talking about how to take ama- amazing pictures or am I a wedding photographer and I'm just sharing, for example, like all, all the beautiful pictures that I've taken from weddings, et cetera, et cetera, that person is not an educator. Yeah, no, of course not. No, no, that, We're only talking about freelancers who spend time educating others on how to be better freelancers and how to build better. I'm, I'm just clarifying. Yeah, no, it's not freelancers necessarily it's anyone who has like one of those brands it's like i'm an educator they're coming to to represent those as an educator in the market okay so you started you said you started from spotting out in your uh user base who are the people who are educators or influencers Uh right no no no, influencers not educators educators the last circle circle. you're not seeing the the first yeah let me let me backtrack just the first circle was who's already using honeybook and loves it right because that means that they can authentically right. say, hey, you guys should check out this uh, tool. And that's what we just talked about, what the importance of really believing in a product because the audience is ad savvy, right? Um, two is that they have an audience, they have a following because otherwise they they tap out and they burn out. And then what we realize is those that are teaching others, other business mm-hmm. owners, um, that's a really important component. And that became the third circle in our Venn diagram because of exactly what you said. So you nailed it with a with a photographer example, if you're just teaching people, if you're just showing your photography, then you're going to get a lot of consumers or in the wedding photography example, you're going to get a lot of brides and grooms, right? Or grooms and grooms or brides and brides. But if you are teaching other business owners, then we know that your following is made up of a big, yeah, exactly. A big portion of them are business owners. So when you share more people convert naturally. So that became that, that diagram became our ideal influencer, right? And that is why we stopped calling them influencers mm-hmm. and we started calling them educators. Is there, I'm going to ask a weird question and it's just because if there's an interesting answer. Yeah, I love weird questions. So like, I understand that it has to be above a certain number of following. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But is there anything that you went to like someone who's too big and then said, wait, this is just not even helping. We're just getting random leads and people that are just, you know, not converting. 
was there like a certain number where you were like, I need an influencer between 10 million, 10,000 and I don't know, 1 million? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, numbers, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you low, the, the low, the minimum we look for. And I'll tell you, um, there is no, to answer your question first, there's no max as long as those three circles are present. Um, we should talk about when we played with more of the transactional model. And that is when that comes in. Um, but before I go there, I want to talk about the minimum. So we do look in general for minimum 10,000 followers on Instagram. And this is just because Instagram doesn't the let swipe you up. swipe up. Exactly. And swipe up. Actually, now they the best do. Version. Uh-huh. It's in beta. Not oh, knows. it's in beta? Oh, okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to out which that. Is, no, no, no. This is great. And, and soon we'll have like that will just increase our pool of eligible educators. And that's excellent because we do have people that we love that are under 10,000 followers and we work with all the time. But in general, that's like a good, make sure that they can swipe up. Yeah. Um, now to answer your other question about max uh, followers or just a ton of followers or influencers that were too big for us. So at some point we were like, okay, could we just like throw money at these and scale it? And there are a lot of companies, Wix is a great example of them that, just have a really good machine, right, of, of influencers. And, and it works great for them. Um, for us, it it was okay, but it was a, a conversion point that we didn't want to continue to roll out, at least not now. Um, and and uh, just to break down the experiment, so we were like, okay, let's just pick a bunch of people that are um, in like the 100,000 to 500,000 follower range, and let's just pay them up front to do a share. And so we had, so we had the, out of the three circles, right? We had the following and that's it. That didn't work. Like we got maybe one to two wins. And one of our educators brings us like 40 plus wins, right? Um, per push. So, um, so then the next thing we were, we looked at was, okay, well let's get the following and let's get um, people who are actually educating, right? And that was a better experiment but it still did not convert at the rate that our current educators convert. And then that's when we realized the other circle, the, the actually loving HoneyBook needs to be present, right? Because the way they actually share is game changing. And then this is what's even crazier. We've we've taken one of our top educators, um, Jenna Kutcher, you can look her up. She's amazing. She's She actually helped me come up with the educator program. Like we just sat down and we brainstormed and we, I was like, what? What do y'all need as influencers um, to grow your business and to make sure that you're giving all of this value to your audience? Because she gives all of the content for free to the audience, right? So, um, so she was like, "Well, I would love to be able to um, cover my costs, right, um, without having to ever charge my audience for the content that I give them." So, um, so that's that's how the affiliate program came up, right? We were like, "Okay, let's help you cover your costs," but. Um, so we experimented with her and 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 just doing uh, a very authentic uh, push to her audience and how that converted and then comparing it to a sponsored ad right on on one of her channels. Um, the message itself, this is with the same educator and with the same audience, the message itself was game changing for conversion, right? When she's sharing, like, in a very authentic, like, you guys, I love this tool. I use it myself. It's been game-changing for my business. It just converts. It's like, boom, it rains. When it's like, by the way, this 
is sponsored by HoneyBook. You should really check them out. Go to this page. Cricket. Yeah, like like people don't want to get a sponsor. They want to get like the real experience. They yeah. basically want something to help them imagine how they are successful, like the person who is now presenting to them. Yes, exactly. They want they want the hack. They want the back end. Yeah. So, I have another weird question. Just I have another weird question, and now I'm really scared <laughs> to ask it. But this one's all right. Mm-hmm. Have, did you test? Uh, like, there's the whole concept of having sponsored yeah. on top of an ad, right? Or that you need to in some way show that there's that it's being sponsored. Did you try having that with an authentic mm-hmm. message and see how that converts? Because I really do. I'm asking this because mm-hmm. I'm I'm an advocate of trying to create the best type of content and not just doing fast content that you know that converts really quickly, but not understanding it and not really getting into it. The whole structure you built is way more interesting to me than just turning around and say, I'm going to shoot 50 different images on ads and just have it go out there or have 50 different influencers say something. Oh, we A-B test a lot. We're obsessed with testing images and, and words and CTAs. Like th- that has to be built in. Yeah. So then my question is, is I'm interested because I understand it's very clear to me and I'm sure it makes sense to any marketer who's listening to this is that you have a message that's authentic and you have a message that sounds robotic almost. The authentic is going to win. But if it's authentic and it somewhere says sponsored, (coughs) excuse me. Does it cancel the authenticity? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. That's a great question. For our tests and for our purposes, it doesn't. And we're actually required to have our educators. Yeah, of course. That's why I was even a little scared to ask because I was like, I don't know if they're maybe they're breaking the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> Playing by the rules here. So um, how do you find educators? What's your process? Because it's, are you, you start by looking into your database always, right? Or did you expand from that? So we expanded since because at some point you run out of people that are in your database and you have to branch out. So um, so one of the best moves we made was uh, refer an educator program, right? Because Wait, wait, wait. I want to stop you and ask one, one question before. Sorry, because you said yes. you, at some point you have to move from your database and to expand. Yes. Uh, at what point do you say, okay, I have to move on versus keep digging into what you have? Uh, so it depends. If you're one person, you have to go through the, like you when you run out of work in your database right but if you can expand your team that means that you have more human power to explore other channels so Mm -hmm. if there's an appetite for growth i would say do it sooner than later and just test okay so so Mm -hmm. like you say if if you're if you are now implementing what you're saying right now or trying this and you and you already i know you're uh you're funded you have people straight Mm -hmm. away start from your database but also look for new people yeah, so um, also I have a startup on the side and th- I think the answer will be more relevant coming from them. So we're in private beta and even in private beta, I have an affiliate program already, right? So people that are coming and joining in private beta are loving the product and there's a behavior that happens naturally when they just start telling their friends. And typically mm-hmm. when you're in early stage, they'll start just sending you intro emails. Like sometimes I wake up and I have all of these emails in my inbox. So what you do is you make sure that right from the beginning, you empower these people with a scalable way to continue to share. So um, so I'll, I'll give you an example of Lindsay. She's one of our um, early like beta members. So 
um, I was like, Hey, Lindsay, I love what you're doing. I love that you're telling all of your friends. I want to make sure that you get credit for these. So let's, let's have an affiliate arrangement. And from here on, I'm going to give you this link. And here are some resources on ways that you can teach them how you're using the software, right? And all of a sudden, she's not only um, bringing you new users, but she's invested in their success, right? Like she's teaching them yeah. how it's working for them. Um, so do it from the beginning and then make sure that that like every, everyone, if you're not doing this right now, if you're founding a company or you're starting a company, you're not nurturing um, via like email or just like follow up, SMS, anything. If you're not nurturing them, you should be nurturing them, but add the affiliate program to your nurturing sequence, right? So start by any user could be an affiliate, right? So start by just like inviting everyone to be part of the program. And then you'll start realizing which ones are able to do it long-term, right? Which ones can do it sustainably. And typically it's tied to their, to the amount of followers that they have or to the audience reach that they have. Um, but for example, we have exceptions. Like we have Christina Vo, who is one, um, she, she, she has probably, I don't remember, but she has like maybe under 10,000 followers, but she does community meetups every single week at her house. She's, she's super hyper-connected and she's always meeting new people. And then the way that she just shares with them, she empowers these other people to go ahead and spread the word themselves. So I think it's really important that you just like invite everyone and create the, that structure so that it can run on its own without you having to be touching it all the time and then optimize it. Amazing. Okay, I think I think that's that's very important because I think a lot of companies are neglecting their referral programs because they think of their referral programs as just like this link some people share. Yeah. And and then the, the way they build it is just a way that is not useful for their users or not empowering their users. And I think it's a very important uh, I think it's a very important insight on how to use referrals because again, you have come some companies who build their entire growth model like Uber, like Walt, that is basically like, you know, 30, I don't know, 30 dollars for you and then 30 dollars for everybody who signs up from your link, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and it's just a part of the onboarding. And yeah. the other the other way a lot of companies do it is just they have a referral link or a page, but they kind of hide it or they kind of just really try to sell it to you. Um, or they're just like saying, when we'll be, we'll be big, we'll optimize this. And you're coming in and you're saying, like, start with nurturing your first followers and put that in place right at the beginning so you can empower them. Uh, to become better ambassadors yeah. and get a base right and exactly and optimize the process for later exactly. right okay in this drawing and i know this is very childish but there were three circles and there was a star yes. <laughs> was there not a star uh -huh. what's the star i just want to so the star oh the star is the influence <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the middle star it's something you got in the end when you did a really good job no, is that Jonathan, what it was come on it's the middle <laughs> It's the middle. It's the middle. It's Fine. where everything overlaps. I'll take the star. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so you started talking about uh, expanding out of your okay. user database, and how do you find education yes. uh, educators these days? Oh yes. So one of the one of the programs that we launched um, was a refer an educator program. So our hypothesis or assumption was um, these people that already fit all three circles probably have a lot of friends that also fit all three circles because that just happens in life, right? Like you know other people similar to yourself. No, no one so like it was actually true. <laughs> no one. You're so unique. You're a unicorn. Well, Dakicorn is a new unicorn. He's a unicorn. So, so yeah. So that was, 
uniform. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we invited them to refer their friends and we would give them a bonus if they refer their friends and great, great, great um, assumption. It turned out to be true. They knew a lot of other educators. So this is something that's ongoing, right? So every referral program every month we get. Yeah. The referrals refer <laughs> others to join the referral program. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, referral, other yeah. So, okay. So educators started bringing in more educators. More educators. And then the second one is... So how, wait, how did you approach page. that? You just, uh-huh. you just turned around and created like this whole campaign. They, are, they already have the, the relationship. So they just say... Like, yeah, but just, what, you sent it to these influencers yeah. saying, hey guys, we're looking for for more educators. No, but it's already, it's already a closed circle for them. They're already in good relationship with these educators. They have an open communication. No, they get, but I'm just so saying, like, how just, do you yeah, ask them? You just, the, same way, the same way they ask them to bring leads. Yeah, I think something that's also important is as you're, you have to nurture your influencers, right? Like you have to be in constant communication with them. So like at least once a month, right? And that feels like a stretch. Just send them an email, send them an update, say like, hey, you guys, like for us, there are brain trusts. Like there are connections to your community. So I always try to give them updates of what's happening, what's happening at HoneyBook um, or campaigns that we have before they go live, right? And they, they should have the privilege to know um, what's going on and be like closer to headquarters. So um, so I talk to them all the time and and keep keep a very transparent tone with them. So when we were expanding the program, I told them, hey, you, you guys know I've been working hard on growing this program and making sure that I'm adding more value to you. Um, I need a favor. I want to grow the program. And I have an assumption that you probably know people that would be an amazing fit and are dying to be part of it. So can you just send them my way? Can you do an email intro? Like that was the first. um, Yeah, that was like the first ask. Okay, cool. See, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. No, email intro. She wrote very nicely. She was like, you know, it's, hey it's guys, exact, could you help me grow out this program? Exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Um, so you send them the email, uh, and they just refer you to other uh, educators they think are fitting, and they, of course, they get the they get some kind of a reward bonus for referring you to new educators. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to ask an interesting thing: is you started this journey by looking into your database and saying, I want people who are enjoying and loving HoneyBook already. Mm-hmm. Now, this means that you are now, theoretically, for the first time, in a situation where you have people who came in because somebody told them, hey, this referral program is awesome, the company is awesome, but these people are now not hardcore fans exactly. yet. Right. right. So, how, how do you nurture them into? How because now what you have to do, you have, you're kind of reversing the process because wow. now you say, "Boy, I'm very impressed by the question. That's Look at question. you." That was a very. This is like our fiftieth episode. Yeah, first I've time. never been impressed by you before. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and this is episode fifty-two, so um, I'm doing well. Um, no, so so this so this uh, uh, so let's say you get these educators; they have tons of followers. Uh, they're open to the relationship in the community and the communication, uh, but do you spend time now getting them to be passionate fans yeah, of HoneyBook, or with them the relationship is different? Uh, no, that's a great question. And at first, we tried to see what happens if they're not fans of HoneyBook, and of course, the conversion wasn't the same. So we, so that was one of our big areas that we tested a bunch of solutions. And the Wait, do, you, do, you, do they have to start using HoneyBook if they want to be a part of the program? At the beginning, they didn't. Um, currently, not everyone has to, but they need to see how the program works and they need to see the value. So 
Um, so what we did is we turned back to our product team and our sales team and we were like, hey, you guys, like we need your help figuring out what's the aha moment. Like what is the moment when someone love like falls in love with a platform? And then we we figured that out. And what we did is we would demo new educators. So every educator gets a demo and whether it's like in person or it can be a video and they have to see that and they have to see how it works. And we just um, we optimize that demo so that we can show them those aha moments. Right. And then mm-hmm. um, it actually works like when like almost without exception, when the new educator is seeing the video or is seeing the demo um, and we hit those points, they're like, wow, this is amazing. Or, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I didn't know this existed. Or oh, I can see how this is going to be super useful for my audience. So we definitely, definitely, definitely make it a very important part of our onboarding process. I'd like to do like a service announcement right now because that's like that's great. But every marketer who's not doing that to figure out how to do their advertising, their marketing, well, and their, their videos, aha, finding, stuff, finding their aha go moments. find the aha moment. Yeah, go create every, put that in everything you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because well, you're using it for a specific thing, but like, yeah, that's 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 probably the best thing a marketer can do for anything they're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but wait, I wanna. That was my service announcement. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, <laughs> thank you very much, Jonathan. Uh, so I actually want to ask. Um, if you look at two different cohorts, right? You see, like the the educators born from uh, from passion to the product uh, versus se- I'm go- I'm gonna call them second uh, second tier second generation. Se- no second, second tier. Oh, okay. No second generation. They're all first. Second tier. generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're all God's babies. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, no, but going going second generation. Do you see a difference in conversion? Uh, between first generation and second generation? No. The, there are factors that influence conversion. Um, this is not one of them. Can you share what are the factors that influence conversion? What's the recipe? What's the, what's the recipe? recipe? <laughs> he whispered it to him. Uh, Love it whisper on the podcast. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's anything from from like the combination of, of the three diagrams, like like how many people are they actually reaching? Like, right. what is the actual message? Um, how many like how many other businesses are actually like part of their following? Um, so those mm-hmm. so those are just like the things that are kind of like given ahead of time that you can't really change. But then there are also right. how committed is the educator to converting them, right? So we have some educators that. Um, every single month they grab all of the people that they refer that started a trial and didn't join and they send them an email that says like, Hey, you guys, here are my top 10 things I love about HoneyBook. And this is why I think you should join. And just FYI, you have 50% off the software if you want to join. Right. Did, so did they write the email themselves or do you write, or do you give them kind of materials they can use? Ah, great question. So they started doing this themselves. And then we noticed that some people had way higher conversion and then we ask them, hey, what are you doing? And then we ask them to create a template that we could share with the rest of the educators. So that's another key point. When you see something that's really working, ask them to templatize it so that it can help the rest of your educators and then share with the rest of your educators and say like, hey, Monica just created this template and it increased her conversion by 35%. You guys should do it too. Here's her template. So on your referral program, there's a way to be able to, uh, to access all the people who came in through you and send them an email? Yes. Definitely. Sorry, I just wanted to understand that. I didn't. I. I don't know. I've no, a I, lot of referral no. programs. I guess. <laughs> no, I. I think. I think you asked one thing, and I think you just said yes about something else. Okay. Or maybe I'm wrong. Like yeah, the right. the people who the uh, the community their community let's call this or their followers, 
they like the educator has his followers either email, Instagram, whatever, whatever eventually his channel is okay. or her channel is, and she can communicate with the templates or whatever she wants, but it's her distribution to her followers. I don't, th- I don't think it's, I don't ah, think I, it's, okay. it's not like a mailing list from the educator. No, because I was, I was, it's not a honey book mailing talking, list from the educator. We've been talking too. very much Instagram till now. So there's no, no, I don't know. I'm mailing list. I, 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 no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. There is, there is. I'm so sorry. Let me cl- clarify. When someone joins through your link, um, someone starts a trial through your link in your referral dashboard, you can see the email of the person who started a trial and you can send them an email. Ah, that, through, see, through the referral? You, wait, wait, wait. This you. is super interesting. Through the that's referral why, dashboard. Wait, wait, wait. It's super interesting. I, Not through the referral dashboard. So that's the other thing. They send it through their own program. They don't email through the thing. They, they can email through the thing, but they make it more personal. Wait, but in your referral, but in your referral program, they can actually do like an email blast from the from your platform. They not an email blast, just a, a very personal one email. They can ah, access the okay. emails of the people. Okay, exactly. okay, they can send like messages that, that goes to the email. Uh, but it's not like they, they don't. Ha- it doesn't form into a into a it's list. Not Mailchimp. Yeah. Okay. It's not like, like it's a like, list. It's just right. basically a communication for them for one. Which is still again super impressive. No, yeah. no, no, it's it's basic. It's basic. Yeah. Like, have you used Airbnb or Uber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I get it. that's. I just want to understand because if it was if it was like a thing where I can create a list out of all the people who came through my referral and just kind of send one email to all of them. Exactly. Or just I have to go one by one. Yeah. Um. You can send an email to all of them if you download the email. Just so, so if you go to your Airbnb and you see all of your friends. Yeah, I want to ask you a question, which I know I'm gonna we're gonna get asked. What platform are you using to manage the referral program? Ooh, good question. Uh, good question. So we built it in house, actually. So everything is um, hard coded. How do we get into your house? <laughs> no, I'm just but 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 for the startup that I have, we're using Tapkiliot, and it's pretty good and it's pretty simple. Okay, so using that. Um, yeah. So, what generation of educators are you? So you have this. You have you start with your database. You ask them for referrals for the next. Uh, level uh, next generation of educators are you there mm-hmm. or are you uh or or, have you, or is this already transformed and shifted into a wider audience yeah it's already shifted so it shifted okay. um so how did, how did experimenting yeah uh so before we go there too you have to one thing that i super recommend is every time that you run these new experiments like the refer an educator program tell them that it's an experiment because if it doesn't work you might pull it back, right? So mm-hmm. they should just know that. So the first batch of emails I sent, and I can share the template as well. I said, hey, I just got approval to run a test for a refer an educator program. Here's how it works. Let me know if you're in. FYI, this is only approved until this date, right? So that way, if anything changes or it doesn't work, you, you can always take it back. But also, it adds urgency. So people just want to be right. part of it first. Um, and, then, and then, so moving on. So that worked. It stayed. The next experiment that we tried was can we create an inbound channel so we created a landing page where we explained and it's honeybook.com slash educator and we explain how the educator program works we explain the perks we have a video of one of our educators um, talking about how she's using it to create passive income for herself and how it's worked for her how she shares her link and then there's a button to apply to be an educator so um that took longer to work because um, 
at first we had to drive traffic to it and um, just to wait for the SEO to kick in. Once the SEO kicked in, in like three to four months, then we started seeing a consistent flow of inbound education. What, what are you targeting so, with the SEO? Uh, that's a good question. I can, I can send you via email because it's a long list, but it's, uh, and we've AB tested as well, just because some keywords are a lot more expensive, but it's mostly, um, around making passive income with affiliate programs. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we add a lot of like HoneyBook type um, keywords, right? So we're targeting HoneyBook type means like your target audience related kind of photography, Mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So this is interesting because usually, again, like I said this before, usually most companies start with this kind of affiliate program to kick, like they kick in the uh, referral program by having like a page on their website and and then nothing happens, right? Like they usually fail at their referrals. And you guys did like really the other way around because you really build it from your audience up and now you're like at this place of saying, okay, we've, we're, I want to say tapped out, but like um, our natural networks are, are not, you know, as, and they're growing slower now and you're starting, you're opening now a new channel for it. Like there's a new channel for referrals. So we actually, just to make sure that we're on the same page here, we didn't tap out because the company itself is growing so fast. So we just, we, we were aware of this and we were like, let's just, the process is that we yeah, need. Yeah, yeah, tap out is not the right word. It's just like about scaling it faster, like finding more ways to scale it. It's exactly. Right. It's like, how do we right. add more people to the, to the program? And scale it faster but we also with that we also put in processes so that when we get new users that fit the description we can also invite them to right. be part of the so program. so this is so this is interesting because now you, you basically get third generation of uh, educators right yes and from generation to generation like in in a way uh the dna kind of dissolves because you had first had like passionate users who are also willing to educate others on your product and then you move to the second generation, which is like passionate educators who are uh, willing to talk about it. And now you're at this stage where it's like people who are just trying to use affiliate in the best way possible. So and now and now basically you have to connect them both to your product, right? The challenge is like to get them to really care about your product, deliver authenticity, and of course make sure that their audience uh, is relevant. Exactly. So from from generation one to generation two. Um, because they belong to the same circles in general, um, there is no change of, of there's no dilution of DNA, if you, if you will. Um, they're super, super strong. Like some of our top educators came from from Gen 2 tier like um, or experiment. Um, the inbound page, we do have a mix just because we're not controlling. Like we have less curation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so a lot of that goes to... Um, like different optimization processes, right? Like different nurturing processes to make sure that like maybe what we need to focus on, like you said, it's getting them to love HoneyBook and not necessarily like working on how to share or how to do like a a correct affiliate post because they probably already have affiliate um, knowledge and experience. They just need to get familiar with with the product. Um, Right. mm -hmm. But as long as they go through the onboarding process, then the results and, and they have the three circles and the results it generally is and, and, and can definitely be the same. So interesting. So, so how, you how understand does it, that her title now in my head. And this is and this is segmenting, right? right? Like this is it really does come back to segmenting. Like no two educators are the same. Like make sure that you have 
like your segmenting processes down and automated as much as you can. So you know exactly like what, like how much of these three circles are completed and then what, where, where is the input? Like, why do I need to so, do more of so that they're actually So let, let's go deeper into this for a second. How do you segment? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, oh my gosh, it's super detailed, but it's anything from like, again, like how are these circles filled? So if someone, for example, um, has a really large audience, right? And then maybe they came in through the landing page. Then then we internally know, um, like, what, 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 like if you think of the tags, like whatever the tags that, that we would know about them, we know that they have a large following, right? And we know that they probably have experience like sharing affiliate links. So they don't need a lot of education for that. We know that they probably don't have a lot of experience with HoneyBook. Um, and we don't know that they're educating or not, right? So then we do, like, we could do anything from, like, automated emails where you're like, hey, like, can you let us more about these or fill this form? Um, or even, like, sometimes we have our newsletters and we're like, let us know, like, we try to fill in the gaps. Um, like, hey, do you have any workshops or podcast episodes or, or speaking engagements coming up? If you do, please let us know, fill this form, right? So we just try to get them to fill the data as much as we can. So, so, I, so I sign up and then I get basically a bunch, like a form or emails with a, mo- a bunch of more questions. And based on the, on the questions, I'm automatically segmented and move, and move forward to different nurturing funnels. To different nurturing funnels. But also keep in mind that um, all of this is very personal, right? Like they're not signing up and all of a sudden getting a bunch of emails because that's not fun. Like nobody wants to do that. No, no, no. They, like This is what the hyper segmentation is for. It's like you exactly. feel like it's almost tailored for you. A hundred percent. Like if, if you go so granular with the segmentation, I want to ask a, a very logistical question. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking about this because we're like, I think in the past year or so, I don't, I don't even recall how many different nurturing emails I've written or helped my clients write or funnels. And usually it's very, very hard to, uh, to have the capacity to build so many nurturing funnels based on so many tiny segmentations mm-hmm. now my my question is to have two questions one is it uh, i'm kind of trying to ask is it worth it but it's not it's not the right question because obviously it is but like when i what rate or what bandwidth or or or, or um capacity of people do you say okay it's time to build a new segment that's number one and number mm-hmm. two is like when or how deep will you go into into the personalization of the, of the funnel? Because based on what you're saying, if I'm doing parameter A and B, then I'm supposed to get one nurture funnel. If I'm parameters A and C, I'm getting a different funnel. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a lot of possible combinations there. I think one thing that people do is that they hear that these things work. And all of a sudden, they try to create funnels for all the possible scenarios that they might one day encounter. Right. And that's very overwhelming. And it's not it's definitely not worth it to approach it that way. So right. um, what I recommend is just track everything, right? Like try to track as much data as you can. Don't build anything just yet. Just like keep, keep, keep that like just handy. And then you'll know when it's time to, to build a new funnel when you have enough of one type or one case that it's more efficient to automate with a funnel than to go back and do it manually each time, right? Like you should always be personalizing. So on your stage one, on your MVP, how did it start? MVP with what, funnels? No, uh, with with this specific funnel, the referral funnel. Uh, on the first try, meaning you set up the landing page, you start getting... Uh, 
educators through your landing page referral so program. basically you wait right? until you have enough of one situation happen that um yeah yeah that you need to yeah, so, so this is what i'm saying at the beginning you, at the beginning you just you start getting the leads you start getting the people you start learning from the data and then you start segmenting. and then you start and then we start that's what i'm trying to yeah, but it's it's less it's like that sounds very like black and white. Like the data is going to come in, but if you don't look into it and explore it, then it's it's not going to like speak no, to you, no, right? So one thing that we like you have like we broke it down and we were like, why are these people converting better than these people? And like let's just go with one of the examples that we already talked about. Um, mm -hmm. some people weren't actually using HoneyBook, right? So we were like, okay, so these people need more nurturing in terms of how to use HoneyBook and, and those aha moments, right? That we talked about. Okay. So that is when we're, we know, um, and it starts with a test, like, Hey, what if they knew more of HoneyBook? What if they were able to see the aha moments? Would they convert better? Okay. Let's test it with a small batch of people. And you test it with a small batch of people. And if it works, then you know that the people that are coming in, um, inbound or through the referral program or that you're outbounding to um, that don't have that nurturing around the honeybook aha moments are not going to convert as well so then you know at that point that you need a segment for these mm -hmm. um, this is actually like so like just to simplify it because i roy is going into all the yeah. no, no, but there's one more like, question i want before that because okay, it's, I, this is like a process or like a company process question that i want to ask okay because there's two types of people at this point there's uh the like two types Three. of testers no testers oh, okay there's people who say is this statistical significant enough which means that you have to wait for a large number etc 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 versus i think the startup approach more or like the or the faster approach is like okay we're reading into the data we're actually like not not just numbers just like quality qualitative and we are we believe that we see a trend and we're going to do a test now based on this. So do you guys iterate fast based on what, I don't, I don't want to say hunch because it sounds not professional, but uh, but basically through experienced gut feeling or do you just, or do you always wait for the numbers to fit? There is, no, like we have so many, we have like probably hundreds, if not more of experiments running at any given point at HoneyBook. Like there is no way that there are, they are they're all the same type of experiments. Like we do anything from like, major like a b tests based on quantity to even like very qualitative one-on-one -on -one user research i don't think any anyone should just do one type okay i so, just wanted to say that somewhere in your title it should say love guru it's like you know you've kind of like mastered this thing of how making people fall in love with the company which is kind of really amazing um the way i understand everything so far is that you basically come up with a recipe based on what tastes good right where, where you're getting better conversions then you try to recreate that, and you have different phases. You have the one that's the easy, the low-hanging fruit, where you say, oh, this is basically the recipe right here. I got the three essential things I need. Then you go, okay, but you know, I want more. So you say, okay, I'll take it and I'll expand it. And you go, okay, this one's just missing one, so I just need to help change that. So I need to help them fall in love with the product. And then you basically do the research, which, by the way, is one of the most impressive parts to me as a marketer, is the, is the research of how to make people fall in love with your product, which you guys are just kind of like, in this conversation at least, kind of like... Uh, you know, yeah, so we just went up and we like opened the the, the, the book and we saw the, oh, this is what's going to make people fall in love. And it worked. <laughs> that sounds amazing to me. Um, and then the last one was you said, okay, I'm going to take the furthest away and I'm just going to try to recreate this recipe. If I recreate the recipe, that's great. And there's obviously the fluke and the exception to the rules and those, but, but I think it's really incredible. Like this has been a really good podcast episode. <laughs> 
I really enjoyed every moment of it. It's like fantastic hearing how every single little part you kind of had to figure out how to recreate. That's pretty cool. I, you know what? I'm I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal the recipe because yeah, yeah it's excellent. That was <laughs> I enjoy that very much. Oh, no <laughs> You know, it's just me being me. <laughs> yeah, that's like the next um, <laughs> What's the next meeting with the team? All right, yeah, you guys. Just, uh, you know what? I can come whenever you want, and I'll just represent the recipe. Yeah. Uh, it's the honey book. Yeah. <laughs> the recipe book. <laughs> yeah. I love cooking, too. Oh. So that's like, that was just like so up my great. What great. What I imagine happening is like we finished the podcast. I speak to Jonathan Jonathan. Wait. Isn't it like a food thing? <laughs> yeah, was this not about food? <laughs> and, um, I came to Honey Book so hungry. I'm so hungry. Wait, I want to ask a proportion kind of question. Mm-hmm. So, because we've just focused on referrals for the, for the, for the past hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we take a step back and look at the bigger picture, what percentage... Of like your, if you can answer that, of course, mm-hmm. uh, of your entire acquisition kind of cake uh, is referrals versus SEO versus social versus paid. Is it? You don't have to go with like specific numbers. I'm guessing like it's not something you can just decide that you want to share without permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is, what size is refer- of piece no, does referral? No, take is, 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 yeah, no, no. Is like referrals <laughs> one it? of the top? acquisition channels that is working for you? Is so it like- our educator program brings in about 30% of our wins wow. yeah. every month. Um, we aimed for 10 to 15%. So I, I would say we're doing pretty well Amazing. Right I was expecting her to say, we aim for 50. So I'm very disappointed. No, I'm No, but that's very cool. because 30% referral is amazing. Yeah. That's like when you turn around, you're talking about like Dropbox and you're like, oh, well, most of their stuff came from referral and blah, 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 blah. But it's it's the same mindset that just we're seeing this kind of live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's just the educator program. So that's just our affiliate program. We also have a referral program. So if you look at referrals as a whole, it's probably, yeah, it's a lot higher. So like probably like 40, 45%. Is is the difference between the referral and the educator program is referrals is just kind of a lucky shot versus education? Uh, which is like a process referral is one member referring another member so they don't have to be educating they don't have it's it's a different mm. scale uh, right? okay, okay got it yeah this is this yeah, is because just like referral me- let's say in dropbox was me basically blasting every content i have yeah on, uh, every content yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. so like the process is different. and typically you refer when you first different. join um or start using a new software and, and you yeah, go like through your referral off, like that. Kind of like that. and then what and then that's it right yeah um so you're not really working on it every single month yeah but it's a, it's a, and it's an amazing program that we have. I want to ask one last question. Um, it's it's actually a pre, might might be a too big of a question to ask. <laughs> he always does this on the last question. He asked you, okay, what's the meaning to life? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I hope not. Because I always I, when I hear when I hear the case studies, I'm always thinking, okay, working with so many companies, you you see so many different processes, and you think about the the basically the pushback you're gonna get from different type of CEOs or the pushback you're going to get from different types of team members. So I'm trying to think about this in a way that if somebody listens to this right now, to be like, they won't be able to say, well, it works for them, but my boss is whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, or, yeah. or like, 
or like maybe they have the numbers. We can't test this and this and this and this. There's always like there's always no, a person who's like, no, you can't test. There's going to be a lot of people listening to this going, So what? How am I pitching this to my boss? No. So <laughs> I I want to ask. I, I have an experimentation question. Um, how do you manage the experimentation throughout the uh, the program? Yeah. Can you be more, more specific? Mm-hmm. Um. I'm like feeling like the answer I would give is manage expectations. No, <laughs> no, no. How do you manage exper- experimentations in terms of uh, do you? Okay, so how do you come up with the experimentations and how do you prioritize what to do and, and how do you set up like the time frame and stuff like that? Mm. You, you get one example saying I'm sending an email and I'm basically saying I might roll this back if it doesn't work out. Like we're trying something new. That's the experiment. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay. So, for uh, example, we are potentially releasing a tiered model. When where you reach uh, a different tier, as in, like, you're bringing a certain amount of wins per month, right? Um, then you either mm-hmm. get a bonus or start earning a different um, level of affiliate commission. So, this is one test that we haven't released yet. But the approach is first, let's model out what we have, right? So. How many, how many educators do we have in each tier? Like what kind of incentives would we give them? Like what, how much would these cost us per month? What would the, the customer acquisition cost be in this case? Um, what is the upside, right? And then you just create a basic model um, to see if it makes business sense or not to do it. Yeah. Right. And then um, depending if you have the quantity, you can create an A-B test that's more like mm-hmm. numbers based. And if not, then you can create, you like you can make some calls like, and typically we do both, like call like Hope Taylor and say like, hey, I'm, we're considering doing this. Like, how would you feel about it? And and just get some um, general direction. And then, uh, yeah, and then you launch it and then see what happens. Uh, as far as the time, mm-hmm. uh, I think typically, like depending on your internal processes, you'll, you'll know. Right. Uh, but sometimes, yeah, we, we just have to guess and then see what happens and, and guess and guess and guess like time and time again until we get it right. Um, but I think it really like that really does depend more on the culture of the company, right? So I know at Honeybook, like our like Oz, our CEO, really, really wants us to be experimenting all the time and learning. And if and if you launch something and it doesn't work, that's fine, right? That's fine that it didn't work because at least you were trying to do something different. And if you're not experimenting, you're going to get marginal increase in wins and a start like for a startup right. that's just not exciting. Um, for an employee, that's not exciting either because then you're kind of like optimizing your job like as, as a tiny bit, but you're not really like having fun. So I guess what I would like to close with on that is that we're always hiring. So <laughs> come join a company that loves nice. experimenting. Nice. That was good. This, this was that a smooth was transition. Smooth. <laughs> Shameless plug. I had to do it. <laughs> I hope that's not going to be edited out. Oh, that was wait, good. Wait, I was, you know what? In my heart, I was like, I'm gonna go work at Honeybook. Fuck my life. Fuck all the fun I'm doing. This is it. This is yes. so open. They're but so wait, great. Jonathan, because because you started talking, I didn't hear what they're hiring for. She said that they were always hiring, but now I don't know who they're hiring. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So so who are you hiring? What are you looking for? Right yeah, now? thanks for asking. So we're always looking for engineers. We we get referrals from yeah, it. Yeah, you totally do. Dream vacation. That's our referral program. Um, and we are always also looking for data analysts, but if you, if if you go to the careers page and you don't see the role that you love, just send us a note. And, um, I mean, we're growing so fast that chances are like, there might be something. 
You know what? I think I think that the, like this episode. Wait, first of all, she said I sent a note. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just got a text, I just got a text from Jonathan saying he's quitting the podcast. Yeah, I'm leaving. And he also accidentally <laughs> sent me uh, his email that's saying like I wanna I wanna I'd, I'd like to join. <laughs> I'd like to join Honeybook. Yeah, it's just, well, just you don't have that's the beauty of it. You don't have to. We also our our culture encourages entrepreneurship, right? Like I talked about working on something on the side, and and that's something that us has encouraged from the beginning. So. Uh, yeah, so come join and, and keep the podcast. I accidentally set you up really well with this yeah, question. I, I did not think this God through. Damn, uh, <laughs> <great. laughs> uh, no, but actually, first of all, I want to mm-hmm. say thank you so much for joining us because you gave tons of value. And I think usually when people go and read about case studies for referral programs or educational programs, they always get something that sounds like, oh, we just talk to people and they just love sharing our product. Yeah, we made magic. And, and, yeah, and they don't get this entire process, which is very, very thorough and very, very interesting that you described. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing all this insight and information and being kind with numbers and uh, processes. So thanks for that. Of course. Absolutely. And- I am so grateful to... I'm so grateful and so honored to be part of these. And I hope we can grab a coffee in September. Or of course. Uh, iced coffee since it's going to be hot, right? <laughs> yes, it's always hot. There's iced basi- coffee. There's basically, <laughs> you, there's basically two dates, uh, two or three dates a year when it's not hot in Israel. That's true. Uh, that sounds but also, so great. Uh, but also, she accidentally dropped one of the best tips for people who are looking for jobs, which is like, don't settle for what you see in the career page. Yeah. Send an email to a contact and say, hey, this Companies is what I are do. And are you recruiting right now? Because I think, totally. I think the best positions are usually don't end up in the career page. They get snapped before. That's true. You find the pressure, yeah. Yeah, not, not because of just like, who do you know? It's just because like you want to get the DNA. Like the amazing people usually have this DNA where they just don't wait. They create their own opportunities. Hashtag Tony Robbins. Hashtag wisdom bookmark this podcast episode. <laughs> So, cool. so thank you so much. Thank, thank you so, you so much, much. For, for being on. Thank you for the time. All right. And uh... you just finished another episode of Strike Gold with Jonathan Cotton and Roy Pavarczyk. And if you're a marketer, you know what comes up next. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. Share with a colleague. Share with a spouse. Share with your grandma. Um, check out the show notes. Yeah, the show notes are great on season two, right? We've boosted it to another level. Yeah, it's more than show notes. It's a love note to our podcast uh, interviewees and don't forget we love you love you a lot